Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 197. You're closing in on 200. Great job making it through all the way so far. Today we're going to continue in the book of Jeremiah. We'll add in Psalm 76 and also 2 Corinthians chapter 13. And the theme we see throughout these is, again, more warnings from God, but also promises of restoration. And so let's jump into Jeremiah 14. And as we hear these warnings, uh, think about how they can apply to our own lives uh, rather than just see them in the past or in other people's lives. This was the Lord's message to Jeremiah about the drought. The people of Judah are in mourning. The people in her cities are pining away. They lie on the ground expressing their sorrow. Cries of distress come up from me, come up to me from Jerusalem. The leading men of the city send their servants for water. They go to cisterns, but they do not find any water there. They return with their containers empty. Disappointed and dismayed, they bury their faces in their hands. They are dismayed because the ground is cracked, because there has been no rain in the land. The farmers too are dismayed and bury their faces in their hands. Even the doe abandons her newborn fawn in the field because there is no grass. Wild donkeys stand on the hilltops and pant for breath like jackals. Their eyes are strained looking for food because there is none to be found. Then I said, O Lord, intervene for the honor of your name even though our sins speak out against us. Indeed, we have turned away from you many times. We have sinned against you. You have been the object of Israel's hopes. You have saved them when they were in trouble. Why have, they become, why have you become like a resident foreigner in the land? Why have you become like a traveler who only stops in to spend the night? Why should you be like someone who is helpless, like a champion who cannot save anyone? You are indeed with us, and we belong to you. Do not abandon us. Then the Lord spoke about these people, saying, They truly love to go astray. They cannot keep from running away from me, so I am not pleased with them. I will now call to mind the wrongs they have done and punish them for their sins. And the Lord said to me, Do not pray for good to come to these people. Even if they fast, I will not hear their cries for help. Even if they offer burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Instead, I will kill them through wars, famines, and plagues. Then I said, O sovereign Lord, look, the prophets are telling them that you said, You will not experience war or suffer famine. I will give you lasting peace and prosperity in this land. Then the Lord said to me, Those prophets are prophesying lies while claiming my authority. I did not send them. I did not commission them. I did not speak to them. They are prophesying to these people false visions, worthless predictions, and the delusions of their own mind. I did not send those prophets, though they claim to be prophesying in my name. They may be saying, no war or famine will happen in this land. But I, the Lord, say this about them. War and starvation will kill those prophets. The people to whom they are prophesying will die through war and famine. Their bodies will be thrown out into the streets of Jerusalem, and there will be no one to bury them. This will happen to men and their wives, their sons and their daughters, for I will pour out on them the destruction they deserve. 
Tell these people this, Jeremiah. My eyes overflow with tears, day and night, without ceasing. For my people, my dear children, have suffered a crushing blow. They have suffered a serious wound. If I go out into the countryside, I see those who have been killed in battle. If I go into the city, I see those who are sick because of starvation. For both prophet and priest, they go peddling in the land, but they are not humbled. Then I said, Lord, have you completely rejected the nation of Judah? Do you despise the city of Zion? Why have you struck us with such force that we are beyond recovery? We hope for peace, but nothing good has come of it. We hope for a time of relief for, from our troubles, but experience terror. Lord, we confess that we have been wicked. We confess that our ancestors have done wrong. We have indeed sinned against you. For the honor of your name, do not treat Jerusalem with contempt. Do not treat with disdain the place where your glorious throne sits. Be mindful of your servant with us. Do not break it. Do any of the worthless idols of the nations cause rain to fall? Do the skies themselves send showers? Is it not you, O Lord God, who does this? So we put our hopes in you because you alone do all this. Then the Lord said to me, Even if Moses and Samuel stood before me pleading for these people, I would not feel pity for them. Get away from me. Tell them to go away. If they ask you, where should we go? Tell them the Lord says this. Those who are destined to die of disease will go to death by disease. Those who are destined to die in war will go to death in war. Those who are destined to die of starvation will go to death by starvation. Those who are destined to go into exile will go into exile. I will punish them in four different ways. I will have war kill them. I will have dogs drag off their dead bodies. I will have birds and wild beasts devour and destroy their corpses. I will make all the people in all the kingdoms of the world horrified at what has happened to them because of what Hezekiah's son Manasseh, king of Judah, did in Jerusalem. Now, just a little reminder, just a quick aside here. Uh, what's God referring to there? Uh, Manasseh's uh, big sin against God and the people was that he took some of his own children, his own son, and burned them in the flames as a sacrifice to the to the god Molech, uh, a horrendous and terrible thing that God just could not turn a blind eye and must bring justice towards. But that is what he's describing there as Hezekiah's son Manasseh's thing that he did. Back to Jeremiah. The Lord cried out, Who in the world will have pity on you, Jerusalem? Who will grieve over you? Who will stop long enough to inquire about how you are doing? I, the Lord, say, you people have deserted me. You, have kept, you keep turning your back to me. So I have unleashed my power against you and have begun to destroy you. I've grown tired of feeling sorry for you. The Lord continued saying, In every town in the land I will purge them like straw blown away by the wind. I will destroy my people. I will kill off their children. I will do so because they did not change their behavior. Their widows will become in my sight more numerous than the grains of sand on the seashore. At noontime, I will bring a destroyer against the mothers of their young men. I will cause anguish and terror to fall suddenly upon them. The mother who had seven children will grow faint. All the breath will go out of her. Her pride and joy will be taken from her in the prime of their life. It will seem as if the sun had set while it was still day. She will suffer shame and humiliation. I will cause any of them who are still left alive to be killed in war by the onslaughts of their enemies, says the Lord. I said, Oh, mothers, how I regret that you ever gave birth to me. I am always starting arguments and quarrels with the people of this land. I have not lent money to anyone, and I have not borrowed from anyone. Yet all these people are treating me with contempt. The Lord said, Jerusalem, I will surely send you away for your own good. I will surely bring in 
the enemy upon you in a time of trouble and distress. Can you people who are like iron and bronze break that iron fist from the north? I will give you away, give away your wealth and your treasures as plunder. I will give it away free of charge for the sins that you have committed throughout your land. I will make you serve your enemies in a land that you know nothing about. For my anger is like a fire that will burn against you. I said, Lord, you know how I suffer. Take thought of me and care for me. Pay back for me those who have been persecuting me. Do not be patient with them so that they, you allow them to kill me. Be mindful of how I put up with their insults for your sake. As for your words, your words came to me. I drank them in, and they filled my heart with joy and happiness because I belong to you, O Lord God of heaven's armies. I did not spend my time in the company of other people, laughing and having a good time. I stayed to myself because I felt obligated to you and because I was filled with anger at what they had done. Why must I continually suffer such painful anguish? Why must I endure the sting of their insults like an incurable wound? Will you let me down when I need you, like a brook one goes to for water but cannot be relied on? Because of this, the Lord said, You must repent of such words and thoughts. If you do, I will restore you to the privilege of serving me. If you say what is worthwhile instead of what is worthless, I will again allow you to be my spokesman. They must become as you have been. You must become like them. I will make you as strong as a wall to these people, a fortified wall of bronze. They will attack you, but they will not be able to overcome you. For I will be with you to rescue you and deliver you, says the Lord. I will deliver you from the power of the wicked. I will free you from the clutches of violent people. The Lord's message came to me, saying, Do not get married, and do not have children here in this land. For I, the Lord, tell you what will happen to the children who are born here in this land and to the men and women who are their mothers and fathers. They will die of deadly diseases. No one will mourn for them. They will not be buried. Their dead bodies will be like manure spread on the ground. They will be killed in war or die of starvation. Their corpses will be food for the birds and wild animals. Moreover, I, the Lord, tell you, do not go into a house where they are having a funeral meal. Do not go there to mourn and express sorrow for them. For I have stopped showing them my good favor, my love, and my compassion. I, the Lord, so affirm it. Rich and poor alike will die in this land. They will not be buried or mourned. People will not cut their bodies or shave off their hair to show their grief for them. No one will take any food to those who mourn for the dead to comfort them. No one will give them any wine to drink to console them for the loss of their father or mother. Do not go to a house where people are feasting and sit down to eat and drink with them either. For I, the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, tell you what will happen. I will put an end to the sounds of joy and gladness, to the glad celebration of brides and grooms in this land. You and the rest of the people will live to see this happen. When you tell these people about all this, they will undoubtedly ask you, Why has the Lord threatened us with such great disaster? What wrong have we done? What sin have we done to offend the Lord our God? Then tell them that the Lord says, It is because your ancestors rejected me and paid allegiance to other gods. They have served them and worshipped them, but they have rejected me and not obeyed my law. And you have acted even more wickedly than your ancestors. Each one of you has followed the stubborn inclinations of your own wicked heart and not obeyed me. So I will throw you out of this land into a land that neither you or your ancestors have ever known. There you must worship other gods day and night, for I will show you no mercy. Yet I, the Lord, say, 
A new time will certainly come. People now affirm their oaths with, I swear, as surely as the Lord lives, who delivered the people of Israel out of Egypt. But in that time, they will affirm them with, I swear, as surely as the Lord lives, who delivered the people of Israel from the land of the north and from the other lands where he had banished them. At that time, I will bring them back to the land I gave their ancestors. But for now, I, the Lord, say, I will send many enemies who will catch these people like fishermen. After that, I will send others who will hunt them, uh, hunt them out like hunters from all the mountains, all the hills, and all the crevices in the rocks. For I see everything they do. Their wicked ways are not hidden from me. Their sin is not hidden away where I cannot see it. Before I restore them, I will punish them in full for their sins and the wrongs they have done. For they have polluted my land with the lifeless statues of their disgusting idols. They have filled the land I have claimed as my own with their detestable idols. Then I said, Lord, you give me strength and protect me. You are the one I can run to for safety when I am in trouble. Nations from all over the earth will come to you and say, Our ancestors had nothing but false gods, worthless idols that could not help them at all. Can people make their own gods? No. What they make are not gods at all. The Lord said, So I will now let this wicked people know. I will let them know my mighty power in judgment. Then they will know that my name is the Lord. Here's God's message of judgment, and yet there's small but still notes of hope and restoration that God will do that. And the warning rings out for all of us to hear again and again. And then we turn to Psalm 76, which is also a psalm that speaks of God's justice and warning to listen to God's words and not to take him or his word lightly. Psalm 76. For the music director to be accompanied by string instruments, a psalm of Asaph, a psalm. God has revealed himself in Judah. In Israel, his reputation is great. He lives in Salem. He dwells in Zilin. There he shattered the arrows, the shield, the sword, and the rest of the weapons of war. You shine brightly and reveal your majesty as you descend from the hills where you killed your prey. The brave-hearted were plundered. They fell asleep. All the warriors were helpless. At the sound of your battle cry, O God of Jacob, both riders and horse fell asleep. You are awesome. Yes, you. Who can withstand your intense anger? From heaven you announced that their punishments, what their punishments would be. The earth was afraid and silent when God arose to execute judgment and to deliver all the oppressed of the earth. Certainly, your angry judgment upon men will bring you praise. You reveal your anger in full measure. Make vows to the Lord your God and repay them. Let all those who surround him bring tribute to the awesome one. He humbles princes. The kings of the earth regard him as awesome. Quite the picture of God as the judge with power, who's also gracious again. And then we finish uh, today with 2 Corinthians chapter 13, where the Apostle Paul gives some final warnings and encouragement and a note ends on a note of grace again. 2 Corinthians 13. This is the third time I am coming to visit you. By the testimony of two or three witnesses, every matter will be established. I said before when I was present the second time and now, though absent, I say again to those who sinned previously and to all the rest, that if I come again, I will not spare anyone, since you are demanding proof that Christ is speaking through me. He is not weak toward you, but is powerful among you. For indeed, he was crucified by reason of weakness, but he lives because of God's power. For we also are weak in him, 
but we live together with him because of God's power toward you. Put yourselves to the test to see if you are in the faith. Examine yourselves. Or do you not recognize regarding yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail the test? And I hope that you will realize that we have not failed the test. Now we pray to God that you may not do anything wrong, not so that we may appear to have passed the test, but so that you may do what is right, even if we may appear to have failed the test. For we cannot do anything against the truth, but only for the sake of the truth. For we rejoice whenever we are weak, but you are strong. And we pray for this, that you may become fully qualified. Because of this, I am writing these things while absent, so that when I arrive, I may not have to deal harshly with you by using my authority. The Lord gave it to me for building up, not for tearing down. Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice, set things right, be encouraged, agree with one another, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And that is the end of the book of Second Corinthians, Paul's letter to the church in Corinth. And notice his ending again, one of grace, of love, of fellowship, even though, as he does regularly, and God does in other places as well, continually warn us to take his word seriously, to listen to him, and out of his grace and his love, trust him, follow him, obey him, and love him. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, HTTP, netbible.com, copyright 1996, 2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music. 